2: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yep. Welcome to Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio. And you know we got a great show lined up for you today, as always. Uh, Mr. Benny, just a shout out to you. How'd How it? are you? How you be, I'd be good. Shout out back to yous. Yeah, boy, we're being good. We're the good. We're being. We're the being the being. Uh, <laughs> the B and B without is, the B. I know. I know. I know. Like this Something is like it. Yeah. Uh, we we had a good show. We're gonna be talking about the lost the lost art of heart navigation, a modern shaman's field manual. Uh, Jeff Nix is joining us here today we're going to be talking with him about that we also for those of you out there we got we got a copy of the book to give away later on in the show and we're going to make sure we do that Um, the question really that I love exploring is do we have within us do we have that shaman energy within us each and every one of us do we have that thing in us and that's really kind of cool you know more than just talking about some of the activations going on this year. Talking about maybe you're thinking about you heard the show. Uh, you you, you know about Tarot. You uh, Benny, is that you?
0: No, I think that might be
2: our guest. Actually, it's, he's getting no, excited. He's yeah, typing away. Yeah. Jeff, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing I was
1: adjusting my chair. I apologize. Oh, see, he's got to oh get comfortable God. for the show. Oh, we're we're all about good that. Good. Mike. I'm thinking,
2: I'm thinking he's getting fired up to do the show here. I'm man. sitting up straight. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I was going to get some drumming or something here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are for those of you. Let me introduce you to Jeff. What Hello. I love, just say hi. All right. What I love is in 15 years, I've gotten to meet some of the most incredible people. You know, he and Jeff is one of them. You know, when you think about what you say yes to in your life and then you step out in the world and you get to a place where you can write a book about the lost art of heart navigation, something must have changed things must have changed. How do we find our tribe? But more importantly, do you even know you're part of a tribe? Mm. Jeff, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Pat. A real privilege and uh, a great gift to me to be able to speak, especially uh, just a little aside. I was looking yeah. at my book sales numbers, or uh, locations the other day on Amazon. They'll, they'll show you around the nation. Yeah. And, and a huge cluster of book sales have been in Seattle. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, they're sprinkled all over, but so I'm, I'm especially uh, glad to be talking
2: to your people out there. Well, you know, part of what happens is, I don't know if you know this about us, but um, by the time you get on the show, like today, we have already told close to 20,000 people mm. in the previous two weeks that you're coming on the show. <laughs> and, Thank you. And the reason we do that is because not everybody can listen live. Mm. Not everybody can listen live. Not everybody listens in the same way. You know, I don't know if you know this, but moms over the age of 35 have the largest market share on Internet podcast listening on their cell phones and other digital media than any other demographic. Mm. Interesting. They've been our listeners for 15 years. Mm-hmm. We love you all. Well, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom, we love you all anyway. Uh, but most of the time, it's about the spiritual journey. So thank mm-hmm. you for joining me here today. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you a question before we get into the book. Look, I have a I have a backstory about my life, which I've been sharing here and there over 15 years. I think everyone's got a backstory. My first vision quest was mm-hmm. in 1997. Came out of the blue. With a woman, her name was Sedonia Cahill. She became my mentor. She became my friend. And together, we started to put together Vision Quest for Corporate People. Mm. How have you... What has been the long and windy road for you? And how did your beginnings get you to the present?
1: Thank you, Pat. That's a a beautiful uh, gift, that question. Uh, Actually, it... uh, This book and my shamanic story begins about three hours south of you in Portland, Oregon. Mm. I was a first-year law student, Lewis and Clark uh, Law School, and I was one lost guy. I was uh, earnest and hardworking. I was smart, socially concerned fellow who just wanted to do some good in the world. Um, But it was not my path. And Mm. uh, within days of being in these classes, I had this uh, sense that I was— I wasn't supposed to be there. And it was a terrifying awareness because I moved all the way from the Midwest, from Minnesota, quit my job, you know, the apartment and investing in school and all this. And uh, this voice inside, which at the time, I I didn't know what it was and didn't know how to honor it was saying, not this, not this. And um, so (laughs) being frightened and not knowing what to do with that, I just sort of... uh, clamped down on the voice and i plowed ahead i believe in oh. recovery it's called uh white knuckling it through yeah
2: that's what it's called ah! yeah yeah
1: and you know long very long story short I, I made it through the first year but i developed uh all kinds of physical issues depression anxiety and gi issues and stomach aches and took a year off to my credit and went out to new york city and uh had this vague dream of trying to sort of find myself and, uh, and tried. I drove a cab during the daytime and, uh, and, uh, waited tables in the evening and tried to find something artistic, creative, but it was brutal because I didn't have a support group and I didn't even have a car out there. I wound up back in my hometown that winter in my childhood bed, just feeling like an utter failure and, and confused. And just like what happened? I had felt like a, successful, uh, guy on the way at the end of college. And, mm-hmm. um, I went back to law school. I finished cause I didn't know what else to do. And again, the physical issues returned. Um, and, uh, I was about to take the bar exam, the Oregon bar exam. And I was on the road. I mean, just through sheer hard work, I had become successful. I'd won uh moot court competitions and I was actually interviewing for, uh, clerkships with the Oregon Supreme Court justices for jobs which was an esteemed role I'd worked for the district attorney um, in Portland and uh, but it just things just felt out of joint and uh, right about then I met a young woman who uh, turned out to be my wife years later but uh, <laughs> she was working in a church doing very basic work serving the poor uh, social justice kind of work and uh, really opened my eyes to a what I saw in her was a person who's external life was aligned to her heart. She wasn't making hardly any money, but she had lots of friends and was doing just, you know, she just radiated. She's just uh, a vital person. And something in me recognized that. Again, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. And I couldn't see the implications for myself. But uh, I left the law at that point. And she invited me to uh, play guitar in a, this was a Catholic parish down there, and play guitar in a little folk group and start doing some Real basic work with people and something in me came alive. And that was the beginning mm-hmm. of a 20 year struggle, but a, a more defined struggle to get clear in my heart. I basically made a 20 year career out of being a, uh, a a hospital chaplain doing spiritual care work with people and some hospice work and extended care. And even that, it felt like I was in the ballpark, you know, like I'm in the right field. But it's still I kind of itched and chafed with the uh, the role, the clerical institutional role. It never really felt uh, like me. And then in about 2009, I did a vision quest like you did. Um, and uh, what came to me was a very simple but powerful uh, impulse to simplify, just clear mm. the deck of my entire busy overscheduled crazy american life yeah and listen and i engaged in a apprenticeship with a um, shaman- powerful shamanic healer in southwest michigan a michael smith and that began the process of getting clear on my heart and beginning to use my inner wildness you asked at the beginning of the show <laughs> you know do we have that shamanic energy in us and i would say hell yes we all do you don't have to be a medium or a mystic or even a particularly religious person. But yeah. we all have this uh, compass in us that we have forgotten about. We've lost the art. And that was what my book was about. It was reclaiming and regaining this art that all our ancestors, all indigenous people know about.
2: Yeah. You know what I love about being able to talk with you? Because you and I have quite similar experiences. And I didn't know, though, here's a tricky question to talk about when we talk about heart navigation. Mm. Um, And we can talk about this when we come back from break. You know, I was reading your book. And one of the things I was really struck by is that sometimes when we're seeking a vision, right? When we're seeking a vision, we run into other shamans on the way, whether Mm -hmm. we know them spiritually. Mm -hmm. You know, I happen to be one of these people that grew up absolutely adoring Jesus, Mm
3: -hmm. but not Mm
2: -hmm. the way we talk about Jesus today in the form of Christianity. I have a very, very innocent, almost magical introduction to him when I was a child. Mm -hmm. But along the way, I think what we do sometimes is we forget about how the heart can walk through fire, and how the heart cannot just emerge beautifully, but the idea of walking through fire is written in many, many, many mm. thousands of years old stories right yeah um anywhere you turn. the question that I'd like to explore with you, that you talk so brilliantly about in the book is. The many faces, the many faces of a modern shaman. Mm. How is it today that we can pull Jeff from these ancient wisdom teachings so that we can imagine not just a world that's magical and mystical, but modern Mm -hmm. that is relevant that even uses social media. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short (laughs) break. we come back, we're going to hear a lot from Jeff on this and give a copy of his book away. We'll be right back.
0: Who's ready to shine in 2018? Hi, I'm Wendy Rose Williams, certified spiritual teacher, past life regressionist, Reiki master, author, and radio host. Want to bring your unique message on air with me as part of
2: the Transformation Talk Radio Network and Soul Wisdom Radio platform? Call
0: 425-502-0362 or visit wendyrosewilliams.com to learn how you can expand your reach by sponsoring or advertising with Soul Wisdom Radio. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. It's called the practice of living awareness, and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment, on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the practice of living awareness. If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the practice of living awareness is free, online, and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Do you know how powerful your thoughts and beliefs are in determining your experience of your life? Is it really true that simply by changing some of the words you use in your day-to-day language that you can change your life? I'm Megan Edge. Join me on Playing on the Edge Radical Change with Ease with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.
2: Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to effect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show. Joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Wow. Hey, everybody. Listen, um, we're going to be taking your questions today because if you're anything like me, you might have a few. I, I see what Jeff has done in the book and what he's written about as an invitation for all of us to spread our wings. And I love this. I love this. I love what he's talking about. I love the way he's talking about it. You know, in 15 years, I'm so thrilled that you can write a book about modern shaman and you, and then talk about Jesus in the same book. Mm. Um, but it's the way we're talking about it. We're talking about it because things have changed. Energies have changed. Planets have shifted. You know, the vibration of this full moon that's coming. Everybody's talking about it. And now Jeff Nixon comes along and says, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm a shaman practitioner. I'm a teacher. I'm a writer. I founded Great Plain Shamanic Programs. I've done this, but that's not the whole story. We can be modern shamans. Yes. Jeff, I know you didn't know you signed up for this interview today. (laughs) You you happen to get me at this time. Before we kind of launch into the book again, and Benny, before I give a copy away, how can people find out more about you? More importantly, how can they participate? in your tribal rituals.
3: Yeah, they
1: can go to my website. It's kind of my uh, the hub of the wheel, greatplainsguide.net, greatplainsguide.net. It lists all my, what I do, the uh, basic uh, programs I offer uh, from wilderness programs to the one-on-one fire talk programs I do, um, some of the education I've done, a lot about my background. Uh, I'm offering a volunteer program, uh, for example, this uh, June on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota take people out there for a week and we do some work in exchange for interactions with some of the tribal elders in the evenings to really connect mm-hmm. and get to know the people who you know never forgot this kind of work so oh
2: man yeah that's the best
1: way to find me is through the website and uh, mm-hmm. my email greatplainsguide at com. people want to mm-hmm. get a hold of me directly
2: all right so i, I want everybody listen I, th- I want to say something and then I, I, I would love for you to talk about it, especially about what you're doing in the book. God, I hope I can talk about this without crying. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that just came up. Mm. So I mentioned to you that. In 1997, I met a woman. Now, I was a corporate consultant, you know, other than being Dr. Pat on the radio and what I do my life before this was I was one of the most sought-after consultants to implement change in companies. As a matter of fact, I worked at Snohomish County PUD up here and completely redesigned all of their systems, right? That was my life. And then I met a woman by the name of Sedonia Cahill. This is a woman, lived in California, and for 30 years had been taking people out into the high desert and having each of us experience what it means to be so connected with what you talk about, that heart and that heart navigation and the heart navigation aspect of our lives. But I was so not ready for this, Jeff. Mm. I was so not ready. And I want to talk with you about that. There was something that happened to me on that 10-day vision quest, three days with water only, in the high desert, in a medicine wheel, in ways that only I could write about in a journal. I've never known how to talk about it. But when the teacher shows up, somehow our lives change. I want to ask you, you've been working with people Uh, all over the world. They come to work with you. They come to change their lives. This book is about tapping into what you do one-on-one with people. Why is this day and age, the energy that I just described, why is it what I call right now, the spiritual ultimatum? This is the time for us to step into that. Please help us understand that and how your book guides people along.
1: Yeah, well, uh, to use the language of traditional shamanism, we've lost our soul
2: uh, collectively
1: as a, mm-hmm. uh, as a community, as a culture. Um, indigenous people, you know, have known this all along and it's a terrific, uh, irony that, uh, you know, we first, uh, showed to the Europeans, my ancestors who showed up on this continent and looked at these lovely earth honoring wise, deeply spiritual people who understood the earth and nature at the center of everything the spirit of that and they looked at these people and decided that they were too uneducated too un- unspiritual too unreligious too too primitive to really be of any value and we know the rest of the story and it's a quite striking to me that at this point in our <laughs> our uh, our american culture that we're now realizing how Empty-hearted we are, how empty-handed we are, and as evidence by just personally what we're doing to our own bodies—the fact that we cannot hold still, we can't stand to be alone with ourselves, and what we're doing to the earth—you know, our harm to our mother, as indigenous people understand it. So, uh you know, we're running out of time, and, and yeah. the earth, I suspect, will recover but we're at a real critical point and as you know and your your listeners know so for me i'm i'm a hopeful guy i'm a glass half full kind of guy and so in my book what i'm trying to do is say it doesn't have to be like this on on various levels personally if your life is stagnant you know it may be successful but that doesn't mean you're happy of course so how to reconnect or maybe for the first time find that inner wildness the inner instinctual self you know and to feed that and to bring that alive i tell a brief story in the book about you know we're kind of like someone who stands in front of the mirror every morning with a cup of coffee and complains i can't lose 10 pounds you know and we we go through life people handing us like we're a fat cat Mm being dished a dish of cat food every day and it's like oh well i guess this is my life but there's another cat, there's an inner jaguar in us that doesn't give a damn about five pounds or dishes of cat food that wants to thrive and prowl and be alive and do something valuable in the world. So the book, as shamanic tradition is, is, is quite simple in a way. It's just trying to help people come alive, to uh, help people have all their Christmas lights lit up at one time. And live a life, a forward directed life of uh, purpose and vitality and and joy instead Mm of, you know, a careful, cautious life where you're basically making decisions to avoid risk, you know, minimize difficulty and so on.
2: You know, Jeff, I want to really talk to that, too, because I'm finding that in the world we live in, there's one of the things that you talk about. So really so just so beautifully is I'm finding that I think we all have to become shape shifters.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, yes. do,
2: do you know what I mean by that? Yes, yes, I mean, yes, it yes. May, may sound a little strange. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because you talk yes. about shape, shape shifting in, in, in the book. And I do believe that the part of the shape shifting has got to really address, uh, letting go of fear-based living because we are doing that 24 seven. You know, we make decisions now that are fear-based and we don't even know it. And I do not think that that is what our heart and our soul has been calling us forward to do.
1: Yes, Pat. And I love the phrase you used to describe yourself as being a street smart woman from uh, yeah. Brooklyn or Bronx? Brooklyn. Bronx?
2: From the Bronx. The
1: Bronx. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite passionate and, uh, uh, about being a practical person. Um, I... You know, some some people who are drawn to this work, you know, they're they're, they're uh, quite astral people, right? And 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 then they they can see visions and they can talk about celestial realms, and and the aura around your cat, but they can't like, you know, organize their checkbook or, or you know clean out the fridge. That people are ungrounded, and I'm a very I come from a working class family, yeah, and uh, and I don't. Really care what people have to say unless it's practical for my life and is going to do something for the world, not just speculating about external realms. So, I like you. I have a certain uh, uh, temperament of that mm-hmm. street smartness in me. And mm-hmm. point being, we're all shapeshifters, absolutely. And and I, I get a little um, frustrated with um, some people who, who project themselves in this field as if they have some special gift you know something esoteric that people need to come to them and pay them to experience and then ideally keep coming back and paying that's kind of like endless spiritual chiropractic visits you know like you never get off the treadmill mm-hmm. and what i'm trying to do in this book is empower people to activate their inner shapeshifter the inner shaman mm-hmm. to use a phrase by uh, don miguel ruiz of the Four Yeah, yeah. Fame, you know, that, uh, to become an artist of one's life in the Toltec sense. We all have that. It's just that we're not encouraged to think about ourselves that way and told even that it's, uh, risky or at worst evil, you know, in a religious sense to, that's too selfish. So we all have this capacity. It's just, it's not complicated. It, it's just difficult because of all the barriers inside us and culturally around us to really doing what we want, <laughs> what brings our heart
3: alive.
2: Yeah, and you know, this is really part of the invitation that we're talking about today for folks is that our heart is calling us forward. But how about the navigation part of it? The lost art of heart navigation. And what that means is it it really, for me, it points to looking at one, how do we pay attention to our heart? Two, how do we recognize that our heart perhaps might be the pilot and our mind the co pilot? Just a thought, everybody. And then, with that in mind, how do we follow the winds that blow? So that as we're navigating, you know, we're navigating based on this thing we call the journey, when we come back. We're going to talk about that and talk about, there's some just beautiful stories in the book, um, just beautiful stories. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do you navigate through what we call turbulence? What if you could rise above the turbulence? What does it look like? And how does Jeff help us do that? We'll be right back.
0: defining success and putting minds to work with the higher learners career and leadership series rudy racine will help you craft your personal definition of success offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals take the leap with the right mix of focus and motivation
1: anything can be achieved tune in every first and third monday at 12 p.m pacific 3 eastern and for more
0: information on rudy racine and higher learners visit rudy's site at higherlearners.com that's h-i-r-e learners.com
2: Are you ready
0: to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com.
3: I am um...
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, for those of you out there, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to the com, of course. And if you want to find out more about the network, you can go to transformationradio.fm, um, or better yet, go directly to Transformation Talk Radio, uh, uh, Facebook, Transformation Talk Radio, as well. Uh Jeff Nixa joining me here today, he has a fabulous book the lost The Lost Art of Heart Navigation: A Modern Shaman's Field Manual, and it is a field manual. Um, Jeff, before we talk about bringing some of these very practical actions to the forefront uh, that you identify in your book, again, please let folks know how they can find out more about you.
1: Yes, they can uh, find my website with a, a great deal of information at uh, greatplainsguide.net. It's greatplainsguide.net. Or they can email me directly at greatplainsguide at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at uh, Great Plains Shamanic Programs.
2: Awesome. Um, Benny, let's give a copy of the book away. Uh, first caller calls in. Love to give you a copy of Just book. Um, Go ahead and give us a shout. 1-800-930-2819. And uh, yeah, Benny, say hi to Benny. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about the practical nature of this.
3: Mm -hmm. Because
2: a lot of times people don't really explore that inner part of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because A, they think they're not qualified and B, they think that they have to be something different than they are. But your book makes it really clear that that's not the case. What, Where can we start to give people some things to look at, look for, or even do to start the journey?
1: Yeah, and thus the subtitle of my book, A Modern Shaman's Field Manual, and I was real specific about that phrase, field manual, akin to the old army uh, military field manuals, you know, that would help a soldier in the field figure out how to fix a broken axle, right? <laughs> or <laughs> you know, do practical or catch a rabbit if they're starving. So the book is intended to be extremely practical, give the reader actual things they can do right now without having to pay somebody for services or go on journeys or trips. So uh, here's some examples uh, in the book of just compiling a lot of the things I learned in my own training from my teachers. Uh, There's a series of what I call core questions, 10 core questions that are carefully designed to help a person quickly get to the so-called heart, their soul, their core of aliveness. For example, an open-ended question like, think of a time when you felt naturally yourself with no hindrance whatsoever, naturally yourself. So the person would you know, think of a time like that and write that down and think of a time um, uh, when you were deeply satisfied, felt deeply satisfied in a certain experience or in a relationship and on and on and on. And these questions, they're not complicated, but they're all constellated to hit by hit, help a person get a sense of the contours of their soul, their unique soul and psyche kind of like uh, sonar sends pings, sound pings down to the bottom of the ocean and can detect and even image things like, a, say, a sunken ship that you cannot see visually, but by assembling the, uh, the points or like a, a child connect the points art book. So with all these questions at the end, you compile them, the responses, you see patterns over time in your answers, you see keywords and phrases that have more aliveness in them. Ideally this is done with a partner just because there's more vitality and dynamic energy in the process. It's what I do in my fire talks. But at the end of this it takes hours, so you you have the individual sit down and write a, a, a careful statement of what they know in their heart to be true about themselves. And this is a core self, a glimpse, incomplete but accurate glimpse of their so called heart. And then the next phase, taking this sort of this new little awareness, a new, small, but powerful core awareness of, of uh, our essence, the part of us that never changes, no matter who we're in relationship with, no matter what our job is or where we're living or what our bank account says. We take that and extend our uh, vision, our uh, imagination outwards and say, what kind of life would most closely align to that who I am that core self which is completely the opposite of what we do in our american culture right as we <laughs> look out and try to find a box out there you know a conventional role or relationship that kind of sort of matches who we are and this is different this is about creating a life designing a life piece by piece over time that aligns to who you are like like a custom tailored glove for your own hand and no one else's. And that, it's not complicated, but of course it's difficult, right? Because of all the expectations, the roles, the rules, the beliefs we have and so on, our woundedness, our fears. Um, and many other, you know, there, there, there's so many, uh, traditional tools and, and, um, the example I gave of the core questions is, is more of a modern tool, a, a psycho shamanic tool, but things like dream work or retrieving a power animal going on shamanic journeys to seek answers and clarity about a uh, decision point in one's life, um, a vision quest, as you've mentioned, you and I have both done, oh. or soul retrieval work, mm-hmm. and on and on. But it's all all to helping one get a clear and uh, solid sense of one's core self so that then you can start moving through the world and your life without confusion. So if people criticize you, you don't react. You just smile because you see their lostness and you keep moving forward
3: because mm-hmm. you
1: know where you're going. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: It's, and, and in such, we talk about power. There's great power that comes from this and not oppressive power or uh, exploitative power over other people, but the power of someone who knows why they're on this planet and where you're going. And that's what we've lost, right? We try to replace that with Finances and objects and consumer mm-hmm. goods and travel and and it doesn't fill the hunger, the emptiness inside,
2: yeah, and bling and a bunch of yeah, other yeah, things, yeah. yeah, you know what I love about this this has been I, I gotta tell you, I was reading your book, and i'm gonna i'm gonna digress for a minute uh, I was reading your book and Everyone that I know, 15 years, okay, Jeff, right? Just imagine, you know, opening up my mouth, 15 years,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: anywhere from 10 to 14 hours a week, right? <laughs> you can do the math on how many interviews I've done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a kid that started through my teens. So most of the people that I grew up with said that uh, we don't think it's even you on air. No, it's not possible. Mm. How could you even be doing this? Mm. But here's what I want to say about your book and what the possibilities are. When we say yes to a journey and when you've laid it out so beautifully and innovatively as you have, you are shortcutting the process for a person like me who didn't know what I didn't know. And by the way, I still don't know what I don't know. (laughs) The difference, though, is I want to learn. And that's what you're offering us. But the thing that I got really clear about is I'm reading your book. And I'm thinking, this guy has had to be a New Yorker or something, just the way he's (laughs) talking. I I mean, I didn't know that backstory. And I thought, we have to bring street smart spirituality now out to the public. And then I thought, what a great idea. I wonder who's doing it. I, I, I had forgotten that that was actually something that I had started and didn't finish. And I entered into the trap. And I would love for you to talk about this because I do believe we can step in traps. Anybody that's been out on a vision quest, I'm telling you, there's a bunch out there. (laughs) But I think I stepped in the trap of being unworthy to deliver the message. And I would love, I'm going to skip the break, Benny. I would love for you to talk about that because unworthiness is not going to allow us to follow the breadcrumbs in your book. It's not going to allow us to follow the ego. By the way, it was actually a turkey vulture that saved my life when I got lost in the high desert on my vision quest. Mm. But it's not going to allow us to do that because we're cutting off the lifeline of possibility. Can you please talk about that? Talk about how to become a modern-day shaman And leave fear and doubt and unworthiness and not enoughness behind. Because I know those of us that are out here talking, we're here because we did have to get past that at some level, right?
1: Yes. And, oh, boy, you've hit something on the head here. Uh,
2: I know. It's it's weird.
1: Yeah, so I started doing this work. The core of what I do is one-on-one counseling work with people using these principles, right, and some shamanic uh, ceremonies and so on. It surprised me how many women specifically had great difficulty even naming what they wanted. I didn't expect this at first because I'm a guy, right, and I have this privileged status and I'm white and all this so my problem in my particular story was not not knowing what I wanted, per se. It was being given permission to say, that's so important that you have to start honoring that. OK, so it, that was the big insight for me is like, oh, you mean I can I need to start following my heart? And and once I had that permission and and support, it, it was, you know, just like falling down the stairs. But I'm working with women and we get to this point where I look up and I say, okay well, take a moment and and imagine the kind of life your heart really wants to be living, okay? And when you have some clarity on that, just you know, tell me what comes uh, up. So I'm sitting there with my legal pad and a poised pen, and a woman would often look up at me and go, "Uh, could you repeat the question?" or something like that. And and I would repeat it, and after a while, I began to realize that she she had no idea she would you know make the attempt to look within. But there was—it was almost like a numbness or a cutoff, like like a paralyzed person, who was not trying to be difficult with me. But there was truly nothing there, and of course there there is something there. But and so I began to learn, <laughs> duh, that this is a particular problem given the way so many women are uh, enculturated to serve others, right? And anything that is not other-directed is selfish, and all these other negative code words and beliefs we have. And so the fears and the doubts and the self loathing, it's like you make a step forward towards your bliss and the crows come from all directions oh. and land on your head and start pecking <laughs> on you saying, what the hell's wrong with you? Why exactly you're being selfish? So what I, my, I, I know I'm going on here, but
2: no, one please response, go on. I skipped the break. I want you to go on. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, what yeah. I say to people to try to break through this is my belief and the core of these ancient time-tested, earth-honoring traditions would have to say about that is our number one responsibility in life is, believe it or not, not to make sure (laughs) our children have braces and Montessori School and Suzuki violin. It's not to make sure our parents are ultimately well-kept in a nice nursing home at the end of their life and so on. Our number one job is to come fully alive as the unique person that we're put on this earth to be. And out of the abundance of that, when you start getting the hang of that and coming alive and living a more power-filled life, then yes, yes, you serve your children, you serve your parents, you serve the community and your friends. But instead of doing that out of a sense of grim duty, right? And bare knuckled, you know, using up every resource you have and being empty yourself at the end of the day. You bring yourself alive first, right? The uh, the uh influence of a vital person vitalizes. That's Joseph Campbell. The
2: yes, that is.
1: Vital- and, and I just love that because, you know, he says we don't serve the world by being on committees and trying to move the deck chairs around on the Titanic. We serve the world by being light, bringing ourselves alive first. And that is not selfish because ultimately – in this program in this approach you have to make a return that's the mm-hmm. consummation that's the intercourse so to speak between one's own vitality mm-hmm. and the needs of a very uh wounded world so you do return and serve the world but there's mm-hmm. a there's a sequence and you got to find your soul first
2: Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, Many, many of you guys might know him. Well, two friends, first of all, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, and secondly, Les Brown. And for many of you, if you know Les, um, yeah, he's a motivational speaker. Yeah. All of the above. But he is a guy that when I think about modern day shamans, other than you, Jeff, um, I'm thinking about this man, right? Mm -hmm. who touches the lives of so many people in so many walks of life and helps us rise up what you help us do is now that we're rising up here jeff hmm. you help us learn how to take the next step and if it wasn't for Sedonia uh, cahill for me you know a woman i met in the 90s became my mentor uh taking this girl from the Bronx out on a 10-day vision quest. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Right? Uh If you folks want to get a hot flash, think about going on your vision quest and not having your cell phone. Okay, unless, <laughs> Jeff, I don't know. I don't know if you let people have cell phones. But no, no, no. No, no no, yeah. no, 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 no. What happens is, I would like for you to talk about this now in the last minutes we have. I learned a new sense of freedom. I had never been that scared of my life. And I'm a girl from the Bronx. I grew up in the mm-hmm. projects, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had moments out there where I faced my fears mm-hmm. and I thought I was done. And then more, more things. I mean, I spent 24 hour period with a family of lizards in a medicine medicine wheel that I had made and I wouldn't, because I shut the door to get in, I wasn't about to get out. And I spent, you know, the full day and the night, right? No tent with a family of lizards because I picked a beautiful piece of driftwood that I didn't know those those folks were living in. Mm-hmm. How can you help us today now with taking that next action? See, it's only one action at a time. It's the next indicated thing, that's what we're doing, that mm. next indicated thing, that one thing. What mm. have you learned about that?
1: Yeah, just a word about the vision quest. Uh, it's a brilliant ancient technology for quieting the mind, and you know, as you said, what happens is you get out there, <laughs> and you meet your dark side, you meet your so-called shadow, whether you know what it is or not. <laughs> whether it's busyness, or fear of the dark, or wild animals, or negative thoughts, or boredom, you know, all of that stuff, you cannot get away from it. And that's the first part of the vision quest. Mm. And it's a brilliant way that they figured out without chemicals and therapy and everything else to put a person in contact with the very thing that is blocking them from their power. So you do meet the the dark side out there. Mm -hmm. And now I've forgotten your question.
2: Well, (laughs) I want to talk with you. Yeah, what I want to talk with you about is, what we all too often forget and then don't do that next indicated thing see mm-hmm. we think in order to be a shaman that we have to lay mm-hmm. out
0: mm-hmm. Uh,
2: uh, 3 mm-hmm. years of our oh. life to go mm-hmm. study on a mountain that wasn't me mm-hmm. i learned how to do the next indicated thing mm-hmm. That's what practical shamanism mm-hmm. or modern shamanism or your book, this field manual is about. It's not like, Oh my God, I got a plate of lasagna. I uh, <laughs> mom just cooked an entire pan of lasagna. It's not eating the whole pan at once. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we're going to eat this for a week, a little bit at a time. What's the next indicated thing we can help people with today?
1: Thank you. I'm thinking of a, a statement by the Dalai Lama. Someone said to him after hearing, you know, reading his books and attending his retreats, that, "So, okay, what? Can you condense all this down? You know, like, like, how do you, how do you get happy?" And he smiled and he thought in his way, and he said, um, "Every day, just do a little more of what makes you happy, and do a little less of what makes you unhappy." And I just thought that was brilliant because that's essentially what I'm encouraging yeah. people to do at the end of the day after leaving one of my sessions or reading the book is wake up in the morning. And instead of starting today with the question from hell that we all start the day with, which is something like, OK, what needs to be done next? Feed the cat, read the email, get to work. You know, and next thing we know, we're collapsing in bed at the end of the day, exhausted and having done nothing forward directed toward our heart. Instead, starting the day with a beautiful, wicked, uh, transformational question like what small thing, what's one small thing that would bring my heart a little more fully alive today? Something in the direction of something that would I really want to do if I didn't have fear, if I did have the money I needed and so on, without letting all the negativity and the inner judgments get in the way. So yes, it's a practical and dare I say, compassionate path does not require one to leave one's marriage, (laughs) sell one's house. Uh, you know, move to a desert island. You may wind up wanting to do that.
2: Exactly. Right. Right? You may, you (laughs) may need to change
1: things, relationships and so on, (laughs) but, but you have time. And and the, the point is to just start honoring that quiet invitation, that quiet little voice in your heart. Like a little cat rubbing up against your leg saying, Hey, hey, instead of kicking it aside every time it comes up. And, and the, the, the amazing thing is doing that day after day will change your life. If you take it seriously, if you listen to that voice, honor that voice and at some point start enacting, you know, making actual changes toward honoring that. It's, wow. it's really that simple. And, of course, that difficult, depending upon how deeply immersed one is in a false life that's not authentic. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, what I found in life, and I hope you'll come back so we can do part two. What mm. I found in life is when I get those messages and they've always been to expand, mm. I, I have never gotten a message from spirit that was to play small. Right. <laughs> you, it, I Never. Yeah, I never yeah. have. And, uh, you know, part of that is, and I talked about this on air the other day, I learned that most of my life I was playing not to lose. And then I learned that what spirit wanted me to do is play to win. Mm -hmm. And the idea of winning is not winning for self gratification. But if we win at that next indicated thing, we will create a better world. Right? Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes. Right. exactly exactly that's that's how we transform the world yeah. it's not about just hiding and doing whatever the hell you want that's not the message of this book
2: no it's, it's about not. bringing
1: yourself alive and then others you heal others people are attracted to the light like a person yeah. was drawn to the light in louis armstrong's horn right yeah you, couldn't, you could not stay away from that beautiful sound and it's yeah. we we walk around like that and that is how we begin to heal others not to mention ourselves
2: Oh, no kidding. Jeff, thank you so much. I am so thrilled Mm. I had a chance to chat with you. Mm. Um, I would love for you to please, again, one last time, tell folks how they can find out more about you. And then one last question. One last question. Um, What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today?
1: Okay. Well, uh, you can find my website at greatplainsguide.net greatplainsguide.net or email me at greatplanesguide at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook if you uh, search those words.
3: What do I want to leave people? Um you can be you can do what you want. You can you can
1: you can do what your heart longs to do if you simply are fifty-one percent more interested in that than you are forty-nine percent worried about how you're gonna do it what people are going to say, how you're going to pay for it, what would happen to the (laughs) relationships and the mortgage and all that, right? Mm -hmm. If you just honor your heart, begin looking into how to do that. You don't even have to know how to do that. So many resources out there like this book is you Mm -hmm. can live the kind of life that would really bring you alive. It's available to everybody.
2: Wow. Thank you so much, Benny. Thank you for pushing all the right buttons and thank you uh, for, uh, Given away, help us give away a copy of Jeff's book. Jeff, thank you for all that you do.
1: Mm, thank you, Pat. Such a joy and a privilege. Very helpful to be on your show. I'd love to do it again sometime.
2: I'd love for you to do it again. We're going to be rocking it, and I'm looking into that vision, vision quest. I, I, I need, I need a tune-up, Jeff. Everybody, <laughs> stay tuned. Another hour on Transformation Talk Radio coming up right now.
3: Again.